Thank you for coming to our site. While you're here, if you can like and subscribe and share our content, we're trying to grow. And for those who would like to comment, make comments and I will gladly answer, uh, do the best I can. Make sure that we have an engaged audience. If there's something you guys would like me to talk about and teach about, just let me know and we can do that as well because I love sharing the Word of God. And for those who would like to support us financially, there are links also provided for that. And I appreciate everything that you can give. And I thank you so much. It is an honor to serve. And I look forward to continue bringing you guys good content. Welcome to Mystery Bible. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. We have been looking at Moses' life. We actually saw him uh, when we last looked when he's stepping out on his walk of faith and his brother as they are heading into um, Egypt to get before Pharaoh. I think last time we read the book of Yasher and what we're going to do is look at um, the same situation. Uh, we're going to look at it from our another source as we always do here at uh, Mystery Bible. And we are going to be looking at the legend of the Jews from their vantage point as to what happened on that occasion as Aaron and Moses is before Pharaoh. So we are going to read from there today. Next week, we'll look from the other vantage point, which is Josephus, the historian, if you will, and grab from him uh, the uh, vantage point of the legend of the Jews is pretty, um, has a lot of stuff in here. If you're able to, to look at both today, we'll do it. If not, um, we will continue next week. So here we are. We are in um, the legend of the Jews. And this particular chapter is entitled Moses and Aaron before Pharaoh. And it reads this way, the day Moses and Aaron made their appearance before Pharaoh happened to be the anniversary of his birth. And he was surrounded by many kings, for he was the ruler of the whole world. And this was the occasion on which the kings of the earth came to do him homage. When the attendants announced Moses and Aaron, Pharaoh inquired whether the two old men had brought him crowns, and receiving a negative reply, he ordered that they were not to be admitted to his presence until he had seen and dismissed all the others desirous uh, uh, for paying him their respect. <laughs> Makes sense from a king, I guess, if you are, this is your day. And as they, their um, a declaration of these two old men uh, was pretty uh, fascinating. But let's continue with the story. So Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's palaces was surrounded by a vast army. It was built with 400 entrants, 100 on each side, and each of them guarded by six, 60,000 soldiers. That's a lot of people, guys. Moses and Aaron were over... Uh, roared by the display of power, and they were afraid. But the angel Gabriel appeared, and he led them into the palace, observed by none of the guards. And Pharaoh decree 
severe punishment upon the um, uh, inattent- unattentive the, the soldiers. And we've seen this before. These guys are always back in the Bible days, I guess. It was always, um, uh, you, you, it's a hazarded pro- profession, if you will, because we know those guys that uh, guarded Jesus Christ, that they got into some trouble as well. And um, we know that, uh, uh, as I mentioned, as a profession, it was a good profession, but you got some drawbacks. Um, so inattentive uh, sentinels for having admitted the power of uh, the old men without his permission. They were dismissed and others put in their place. But the same thing happened the next day. Moses and Aaron were within the palace and the new guards had not been able to hinder their passing. Pharaoh questioned his servants how is how it has been possible for the two old men to enter into the city, uh, enter into his courts, and they said, "We know it not. Though the doors they are, they did not come in through the doors. Surely they must be magicians." Not enough that the palace was guarded by a host. At each entrance, two lions were stationed in the terror of being torn to pieces. None dare approach the doors, and none could go within until the lion's tamer came and led the beast away. We we read about those last week. So let's see what this vantage point says. Now Balaam and all the other sacred scribe of Egypt advised that the keeper loose the lion's at the approach of Moses and Aaron, but their advice availed nothing. Moses had but to raise his rod, and the lions bonded towards him jealously and followed at his feet um, like dogs before their masters on his return home. And we saw the same description of that um, situation. Uh, We talked last week that uh, this walk of faith will cause um, natural the natural laws within the world. Faith supersedes that. And I've talked to you guys about that before. We saw that Jesus was walking on water. Peter walked on water. We know that Jesus went around healing people. That's uh, He was breaking laws there. We know that he was casting out demons. We know that a fish uh, brought up money. Uh, from the the ocean floor so that they could pay taxes. Uh, We know a bunch of stuff that was done by faith. And so I always tell people that faith supersedes the natural law because it was faith that created this world because the Bible says that this all the universes are held up by the word of God because he said, let there be, and there was. And so it was his faith that created the earth. And so when we operate in his faith, with the same type of material, if you will, because we are uh, created in his, in his image and his likeness. So then our faith is like his. And so then we are able to walk on water like Peter. Um, we are able to, Daniel, and we know that uh, those boys were before lines and their walk of faith, they didn't do anything. We know that Abraham was before lines and they did nothing to him. So we see Moses and Aaron, same thing. So that walk of faith, will cause um, this, the natural law to be sub, subservient, if you will, to the um, walk of faith. And so uh, people call that thing miracles. So within the palace, Moses and Aaron found 70 se- um, 
secretary busy with Pharaoh's correspondence, which were carried on in 70 language. So we know that this 70 language was created at um, the Tower of Babel. And um, we've studied that before. So at the site of the messengers of Israel, they started up in great awe. Um, for two men resembled angels. In statues they were as the cedar of Lebanon. Their countenance radiated splendor like the sun, uh, the purple. Uh, the pupil of their eyes were like um, the spears of the morning star. Their beards like palm branches and their mouth emitted flames when they opened them for speech. In their terror, the secretaries flung open pen and paper and prostrate themselves before Moses and Aaron. It's a great picture. Now the two representatives of the children of Israel stepped before Pharaoh and they spake, The God of the Hebrew has met with us. Let us go, we pray, the three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with uh, pestilence or with sword. But Pharaoh answered, saying, What is the name of your God? Now, you remember I, I mentioned to you guys that God came to um, Moses and he said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when he was speaking to him. And so when I told you guys that, he was identifying himself to Moses and Moses and the children of Israel. They knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because that's how God identified himself to all of the others. And the pharaohs, they knew that God as the God of the Hebrews. But you remember this one, this Pharaoh, it tells us that he had, um, uh, he had, uh, uh, it was many hundreds of years past when this stuff happened and he didn't know who their God was. So let's see what, um, because remember when they came in, they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. And so, when they were speaking to them, they knew that they, the Egyptians, knew um, God as the God of the Hebrews. And that's why they said what they said. What is the name of your God? Wherein does his strength consist and his power? How many countries, how many provinces, how many cities have he under his dominion? In how many campaigns was he victorious? How many lands did he make his subject to himself? How many cities did he capture when he go, go to war? How many warriors, riders, chariots, um, charioteers does he have lead fort? Who, uh, wherefore Moses and Aaron reply, His strength and his power filled the whole world. His voice hewed out flames of fire. His words break mountains in pieces. The heaven is his throne, the earth his footstool, his bow is fire, his arrow are flames, his spears torches, his shield clouds, and his swords lightning flashes. He created the mountains and the valleys. He brought forth spirits 
and souls. He stretched out the earth by a word. And when he said he brought forth spirits and souls, he's directing them that he created you. This God is the God that created everyone. And um, uh, so this is what they're trying, uh, trying to say. He stretched out the earth by a, war a word. He made the mountains his wisdom. He formed the embryo in the womb of the mother. He covers the heavens with cloud at his word. The dew and the rain descend earthward. He, he causes plants to grow from the ground. He nourishes, sustains the whole world from the horn upon the rim down to the egg of the vermin. Every day he causes men to die. Every day he calls men into life. Pharaoh answered and said, I have no need for, of him. I have created myself. And if you say that he causes dew and rain to descend, I have the Nile, the river that has its source under the tree of life and the ground impregnated by its water, bear fruits so huge that it takes two asses to carry it. And it is palatable beyond description for it has 300 different tastes. Then Pharaoh sent uh, to stretch the book of the chronicles of his kingdom from his archive wherein he recorded the name of the gods of all the nations to see whether the name of God of the Hebrew was amongst them. He read off the God of Moab, the God of Ammon, the God of Zid Zidon. I do not find your God inscribed in the archive, Moses. And Aaron explained, O thou fool, thou seekest the living in the grave of the dead. These which thou didst read are the names of dumb idols. But our God is the God of life and the King of eternal life. When Pharaoh said the words, I know not the Lord, God himself made answer, saying, O thou rascal, thou sayest, to my ambassadors, I know not the strength of that, the power of your God. Lo, I will make you to send, to stand for, uh, to show you my power, than, and my name may be declared throughout all the earth. So God comes up and he says, I'll show you, I'll introduce you to me. Having searched his list for the gods of the nation in vain, for a mention of God of the Hebrews, Pharaoh cited before him the wise men of Egypt and said to them, Have you ever heard the name of uh, the God of these people? They replied, We have been told that he is a son of the wise, the son of the ancient king. Then spake God, saying, O oh, you fools, you call yourself wise men, but me you call only the son of the wise? Truly, I will set and not all your wisdom and your understanding. Pharaoh persists in his audacity even after Moses and Aaron had performed the miracle of the rod. At this time, when the two Hebrews succeeded in entering the palace, guarded it was by lions, Pharaoh had sent for his magician and their head Balaam and his two sons Janus and Jambres. And when they appeared before him, he told them of an extraordinary incident, how the lions had followed the two men 
like dogs and fawn upon them. It was Balaam's opinion that they were simply magicians like himself and his companion. And he prayed to the king to have them come before them with themselves to test who they were, the masters of magicians, the Egyptians or the Hebrews. And the testing begins. So we see God answer his cause to Pharaoh. Um, but I wanted you guys, and I know that I mentioned it, but we'll get a chance to see it, that when God was sending him out, uh, when he was sending Moses out, and you remember he called Israel his firstborn son, and he told Moses, he says, you're going to go to that man, but he's not going to let you go until I take his firstborn son because he's trying to kill my firstborn son, and so I'm going to kill his. And so I tell people about God uh, sometimes. Um, he has a limit. The Bible said he's, he's not willing that any should perish, and that's one of the reasons why he withholds himself from doing things. Um, when Noah and the people in Noah before uh, the flood, he preached, God told them that, you got, they preached for 200 years, guys, before God shut the doors in, um, in uh, uh, the ark. And we read about that. There were hundreds of thousands of people outside the ark screaming and yelling after the rain and the sky busted and all the different things happening. And it began to, to, to rain on them. And then we saw that hundreds of thousands were yelling at him at that time, saying, open, open the ark door, we believe now. And uh, Noah said to them, guys, you had 200 years, man. And so um, when God shows up, the Bible says he does everything in his time. And when it's done in his time, it's beautiful. So he um, promised that he will destroy this place before he leaves. And you'll see in, in, the, in the plagues that he does. And I believe in the book of Yasher, we have 14 and in the, the Bible, there's 10. So we'll talk about those as well. And so we see then that um, this testing comes up. Who's going to be better, the Egyptian or the Hebrews? Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron, and he said to them, Who will believe you when you, saw, you say that you are the ambassadors of God as you pretended to be? If you do not convince men by performing wonders, thereupon Aaron cast down the rod to the ground, and it became a serpent. Pharaoh laughed aloud. What he explained is this, all your God can do. It is the way that the merchants carry the merchandise to the palace if there is none of it there. But would anyone take brine um, to Spain or fish to Akho? It seems you do not know that I am adept in all sorts of magic. He ordered little school children to be brought, and they repeated the wonder done by Moses and Aaron. Indeed, Pharaoh's own wife performed it. Janus and Jambra, the son of Balaam, uh, derided Moses, saying, You carry straws to Ephraim, who, well, where to Moses answered, To the place of many vegetables, thither carry vegetable. To show the Egyptians that Aaron could do something, 
with his rod that the magician could not do imitate God caused the serpent into which his rod had been changed to swallow up all the rods of the magicians. But Balaam and his associates said, There is nothing marvelous or astonishing in this feast. Your serpent had to be devoured. Uh, Your serpent has but devoured our serpents, which is in accordance with the law of nature. One living being devour another. If thou wishest us to acknowledge that the Spirit of God worketh in thee, then cast thy rod to the earth, and it be, uh, and if being wood, it swallowed up a rod of wood, then we shall acknowledge that the Spirit of God is in you. And Aaron stood the test. After his rod had resumed its original form, it swallowed up the rod of the Egyptian, and yet it bulked, uh, sh- showed no increase. This causes Pharaoh to reflect whether his wonderful rod of Aaron might not swallow up all, uh, also him and his throne. Nevertheless, he refused to obey the behest of God to let Israel go, saying, Had I, Jacob, Israel himself here before me, I should put towels and buckets on his shoulders. And to Moses and Aaron he said, Because you, like all the rest of the tribe of Levi, are not compelled to labor before you, do you speak? Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. If you had asked for a thousand people or two thousand, I should have fulfilled your request, but never will I consent to let six hundred thousand men go away. So we're getting some data, if you will, as to how many uh, people were there. We're getting some data as to the magic that these guys perform. We're getting some data to see, and I mentioned to you guys when um, Ham had passed down a book about uh, spells, counter spells, and all that stuff, and it went to the Egyptian people, and we see that it was um, all the tribes on the planet that I've read information from. It seems that the Egyptians were the ones that were capable of doing that, and I'm sure... There may be others out there, but um, when it came to spells and counter spells, it traveled through the Egyptian, and I'm sure that knowledge could have uh, uh, passed on to different uh, sources as well. But it originated with Ham when he got the book, and it was passed on down to um, uh, Canaan and his brothers and stuff like that. When Canaan went and took uh, the promised land that God um, is going to... That's that's what this is all about. This is all about going back to that promised land that when it was split up and um, uh, uh, the sons of Noah, Ham, Japheth, you know, Seth, had their sons were splitting up and taking uh, the land. Canaan went and took what was supposed to be Seth's and that's the promised land that God is going back and take. So this is what this is all about, guys. Just want you to know. So that's from that vantage point. And um, let's take a look from the historian um, vantage point because we do have, it's now 20 minutes. So let's do a, 
a look from the historian and see what happens uh, about that. And um, and so here we are, are going to go. So here is, this is going to be the chapter 13 in Josephus, How Moses and Aaron Returned to Egypt, the Pharaoh. So Moses, when he was understood that the Pharaoh in whose reign had fled away, was dead, asked leave, uh, Ragul to leave to go to Egypt, and which we talked about, and Zephora, his daughter, also. And it's really fascinating about this story, because remember when um, Moses was taking his wife, and um, that is the sister with his two sons. The first son was not circumcised, but his second son was circumcised because he had promised um, uh, uh that his sons would not, uh, he promised his father-in-law that he would not circumcise his, his kids. But when he was going to, um, going back to Egypt, uh, his daughter, uh, Moses' wife, Zephyr, uh, circumcised the son because there was an incident that took place that we talked about. And so um, when she did that, uh, Aaron was coming as uh, Moses was heading out, and uh, when Aaron met up with his brother, told him, he says, hey, do not bring your family with you right now, because that's going to cause a problem, because of course, his wife is black. Um, just let's go deal with this stuff, and then on the way out, we can grab your family. And so that's what that happened, and um, you know, uh, makes sense if you if you will. So okay, let's continue. So, so uh, chapter two. Since then, Moses found that the Hebrews would be obedient to whatever he should direct, as they promised to be with him, and were in love with liberty. He came to the king, who had indeed but lately received the government, and told him how much he had done for the good of the Egyptians when they were despised by the Ethiopians and their country laid waste by them and how he had been a commander of their forces and had labored for them as they had been his own people and he informed them uh, with danger he is doing he's been uh, during in the exposition and without having any proper return he made him to deserve he also informed him distinctly what things happened to him at Mount Sinai and what God said to him and the signs that were done by God in order to assure him of the authority of those commands which he had given him. He also exhorted him not to disbelieve uh, what he had told him nor to oppose the will of God. And that's just a conversation with anyone. You know, God is calling you to do something you're going to have that conversation. You're not going to want to believe God because we've read that many times when God called these guys and they're um, not, God sees their potential and he knows their potential, but they're looking at themselves going, oh man, are you out of your mind? Uh, when he called David, David was a young boy. Um, when he, you know, So there's, a, there's ample proof in the, in the Bible when God calls people how they, um, uh, you know, they're not, up to the uh, to the challenge, if you will, and God has to convince them as to how to um, that they'll be okay. So, but when the kings decided 
Moses, he made him in Arnas see the signs that were done on Mount Sinai. Yet was the king very angry with him and called him an ill man who had formerly ran away from his Egyptian slavery and came now back to deceitful tricks and wonders and magical arts to astonish him. And when he said this, he commanded the priest to let him see the same wonderful sights, knowing that, that the Egyptian was skillful in the kind of learning and that he was not the only person who knew them and pretended them to be divine, as also he told that when he brought such a wonderful sight before him, that he would not only believe, but by the unlearned. Now when the priests threw down their rod, they became serpents, but Moses was more daunted at it and said, O king, I do not um, myself despise the wisdom of the Egyptian, but I say that uh, what I do is so much superior to what these do by the image of arts and tricks, as divine power exceeded the power of man, but I will demonstrate that what I do is not done by craft or counterfeiting what it is not really true, but that they appeared by the provinces of the power of God. And when he had said this, he cast his rod down upon the ground and commanded it to turn itself into a serpent. It obeyed and went all around and devoured the rods of the Egyptians, which seemed to be dragons, until it had consumed them all. It had uh, returned to its own form, and Moses took it into his hand again. And actually um, read uh, some type of, and I can't remember where I read it, that in the Nile area, it was more so crocodiles, and they were... They believe um, that, um, again, this is just some information because I read a lot of uh, material, that they believe that it was uh, crocodiles that uh, when they throw down their staff. And we see here of a mention of dragons, which seem to be dragons. And this is coming from the historian uh, who is writing this basically as a person um, not looking into something like the legend of the Jews. This is not about your people or stuff like that. Um, or coming from uh, the book of the Asher again, which is about, you know, uh, penned by the Jewish people. Josephus is a historian just um, putting information down there. And from his whatever his knowledge or information that he read or, or what was handed down says which seem to be dragons and again like i said i remember reading something where they believed that it was uh crocodiles that um his his staff was uh swallowing uh crocodiles and not snakes and so we see that moses picks it up again again we're reading from Josephus. However, the king was not more moved when uh, was done than before. I mean, very angry. He said that he would gain nothing by this cunning and shrewdness against the Egyptians. And he commanded him that was the chief taskmaster over the Hebrews to give them no relaxation for their labor, but to compel them to submit to greater oppression than before. And though he allowed them shaft before 
for making their bricks, he would not allow it to them no longer, but he made them to work harder at brick making in the daytime and to gather shaft in the night. Now when the local the labor was thus doubled upon them, they laid the blame upon Moses, because their labor and their misery were on the account become more severe to them. But Moses did not let them uh, let his courage sink for the king threatening, nor did he abate from his zeal on account of the Hebrews. And so he, again, he has an assignment. God told him what his assignment was. And when God tells you what your assignment is, you will um, focus, even though times get hard and people will come against you. But if you know your assignment, you're not going to move at all. And you will continue to walk, as I said, this walk of faith. Walk of faith is, is pretty difficult in the sense that you're going against all the, the normal thinking or individuals. And so you're walking a different path. And it takes courage. And so the Hebrews complained, but he supported himself and set his soul resolve against them both. And he used his own utmost diligence to procure liberty to his countrymen. So he went to the king and persuaded him to let the Hebrews go to Mount Sinai and there to sacrifice to their God because God had endured them so to do. He persuaded him also not to counterwork the design of God, but to esteem his favor above all things and to permit them to depart. least before he be aware, he lay on obstruction in the way of the divine commandment. And so on occasion, his own suffering, such punishment as it was uh, profitable anyone that uh, counterworked the, uh, the divine command. Whoever fights God is in trouble. And that's what he's trying to say. And so he has some inside information about this, um, about um, Pharaoh, that God is going to kill his son. And maybe we could see that he's trying to get this man to, um, you know, to let his people go, as they say. But um, the Bible also said that God, at the same time, was hardening Pharaoh's heart because God had told Moses, I have to take his son, so let him see that who I am. And so God was, all of those plagues that um, took place, and we're going to study each one of them, but they were all of the gods of Egypt that God was judging, all of their gods, and showing Pharaoh. And I'm God over all of that stuff that you believe. And that they are just idols that you made by hand. But I am the God, as, as the, um, Aaron and Pharaoh told, I mean, and Moses told him, that I am the God of spirits and I'm the God of souls, all of them. And um, he will walk Pharaoh through. And even Pharaoh, in what he is doing, is fulfilling the will of God. Remember, guys, when Jesus said, his disciples asked Jesus, how should we pray? And Jesus tells them, you know, 
And then he's, he, and he comes and he says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this whole, this whole thing on this planet is playing out the will of the Father. From the beginning of history to the end of it, everything the Bible tells us is done according to the will of God. And so um, leaders that are out there, according to the will of God, Lucifer, you know, the God of this world, the Bible calls him, he is doing the will of the Father. He knows that his time is limited. The devils know that their time is limited. The Bible says that they, Jesus was walking, and a bunch of them recognized who he was and says, Hey, we know who you are. Is it time for our punishment? I mean, it's not time yet. You know, it's not time. Just don't, don't, don't send us to, to, you know, that place. Send us into the pigs. And so Jesus said, go ahead. You know, and the pigs, <laughs> you know, they all went and commit suicide because they, they thought it was best, that was the best way to handle that. But all of them, I don't care who you are. You're not that bad person. You think you are in control. You know, the Bible says God created both the wicked and the, and the just for his pleasure. So just make sure you're on the right side, man. So I want to thank you guys. Uh, we are going to continue this study. We're looking at Pharaoh uh, before, I mean, Moses before Pharaoh and Aaron, his brother, before Pharaoh, and about this um, question of letting the people of God uh, go. We know that the first encounter was with the lions and the lions acting like dog. The second encounter was when the rods were tossed on the ground and the um, the snakes and so forth. And so we're going to see some different accounts. And as we continue, we'll see that it was years later that they came back. They left and then it went away for several years, came back. And so this journey was happening for a while before uh, the hammer fell, if you will. So uh, I want you guys to like and share and uh, continue to um, follow us. I appreciate all of you guys who support us here. And I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, man. And uh, I, as I said always, I pray for everyone that is listening and find this way because I get before God and I say, Hey, God, thank you for those that are following and that you would guide them into who you are and who they are. And so I want to thank you guys. And um, uh, our purpose here is so that we can get to study, see um, the Bible through different vantage points so that we can get a better understanding, so we can understand who we are in God, so that we can really become effective and change this world of ours.